Welcome back to Be Right. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Stephen Hennessy, Christopher Powers. We've got a special guest this week, uh, Golf Digest's newest contributor. He is also a partner at the Fire Pit Collective. That is the legendary Alan Shipnuck. Alan, thanks for joining us today. Happy right. to be here. Yeah, well, we got we got Alan coming in from the West Coast. He will be making his way, though, the long journey to Kiowa uh, beginning on Tuesday. So he'll be there covering all the action for us uh, during the week. And, of course, this is a major week, so this is, uh, this is a big week, guys. Uh, but first, we do want to talk about what happened over the weekend at the AT&T Byron Nelson. Actually, we'll start by what happened on Thursday because – Frankly, that was the most exciting part of the tournament. Jordan Spieth made a little eagle on 18 to grab a share of the lead. And Chris, you uh, you won a few bucks off that again. Yeah, not not too too many bucks though. Unfortunately, it was kind of a had <laughs> a much NSFW way of putting it on Thursday when I when I mentioned it to you guys. I was kind of just keeping track of it, like, hey, maybe if he can somehow tie for the lead we'll get a half the bet and that's what he did i didn't even actually see the putt live so i didn't really have a big celebration was not as big as the phil mickelson uh first round leader mm -hmm. hit so ended up being the last good thing that happened gambling wise for me the next <laughs> four days so well it's kind of amazing you, you're becoming our first round leader whisperer like you were the you're the first touchdown scorer whisperer that's uh, right i had a nice football. little stretch there so yeah now you're kind of the guy with the first round lead so i have to uh keep an eye on you steve and you're back you had a nice trip down to uh hilton head you also played congaree which uh debuted on uh the golf digest uh top 100 list how, how was that yeah yeah it was a good trip played of the played two of the three uh south carolina courses the tour will be at uh this year and obviously the third is Kiowa, they wouldn't let me out for a practice round. I, I can't understand why they wouldn't, they wouldn't have me. But uh, we'll we'll talk more about Congaree uh, during that tournament week. I, you know, did a, a good job scouting. I played a couple of rounds there. Got to stay there. It was it's a very special place. Um, yeah, couldn't be more pumped for this week and uh, gonna hit some winners. It's it's been a couple of weeks for me, so I think I'm due. So. Well, yeah, question, I have a question, question for Alan and Myers, if you want to chime in. Steve sends me a picture last Thursday reaching into a hole, and I'm thinking, he did it. He, he made an ace. He's about to see – he only sent it to me. I figured if it was an ace, he would send it to, you know, the whole group. Yeah. But I'm like, eh, if he's just sending it to me, I was like, oh, it's Eagle Birdie? He goes, no, it was a 90-yard par hole out that he took a picture of. <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on the par hole out picture i mean, I mean it's definitely a round saver you know he was facing potential double bogey so i, I understand the excitement but i think maybe a, a text without a photo would have been more appropriate the, the photo is very misleading i mean yeah it's a bit much yeah it, it was That's yeah way much. over the top but uh i i, I kind agree. of i kind of respect the the um the subterfuge there, you know, you, you're thinking it's going to be an ace. Instead, it's a par. It's, yeah. it's kind of a landmine uh, game. Yeah, it's a practical joke embedded in, in a photograph, yeah. but yeah, thank you. Not really, Alan not gets it. Cool. It, yeah. yeah, it's a bit over the top, but I, I was going to say you refrain from posting that all over that's social right. media. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. So if you had done that, I think we all could agree that's a little, a little weak. But uh, no, you know, whatever. It's a good fun. And Alan, you're right. You're. Uh, you, you don't have an ace like me, like Chris, like Steve. Me, me either. 
or none of us. <laughs> none of yeah. us. We're all we're all aceless here. So you're in good company or bad company, really. No, really bad company. So a couple yeah. of years ago, I wrote for um, another golf magazine, which shall not be named, a <laughs> a, a column about you know, how bitter I am. I've never made an ace, yeah. and it was sort of cheeky, but there was an element of, of you know actual bitterness in, sure. in the story. And now every time some blind old lady. Maybe yep. makes one or some kid playing their first ever round. It's a ground ball that goes like my Twitter blows up. I, I, I'm daily hazed about aces. And yep. it, it's actually validating because you see these are not really good golfers. <laughs> and everyone, everyone always says, oh, you don't have an ace. Just hit it closer to the hole. Well, right. I mean, what Tiger went 20 years without an ace in competition. Right. Like supposedly Ben Hogan never made one. Like this right. guy hit it pretty close to the hole. So when you see all the, the randomness out there, it's like, okay, it, it's not me. It's just, it's just my, my, I don't know. I keep coming up snake eyes, but eventually something has to, has to give for all of us. You would think, but. You would think with all the golf we play, especially Steve. Well, and you, <laughs> you play a lot. I so. also hit one. I got to say, I hit one to like inches on another part. Oh there. yeah. I did see that picture. Yeah. That was impressive. And that would have been nice to do it at a, at a course like that. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. doubt about it. Um, you know what? There was a there was a there was a guy in Northern California who made his first hole in one at ninety nine. His name was oh, yeah. Madsen up at Marin Country. Still Club. have time. Yeah, and you got time. But, well, I know, but everyone's like, "Oh, does that give you hope?" I said, "What? I have to suffer for another half century? Like, it didn't really give me <laughs> yeah, hope. Right. Like, I'm happy for CD, but that's not yeah. to me like a great story. Like, God, yeah. can I wait that yeah, long? I feel your pain, though, man. I mean, I've done a couple videos on that and i've joked about it too and I, I don't get quite the same blowback that you do but at first i was on i get tagged in a lot of those tweets too i know shane bacon does as well which is kind of crazy because shane bacon's like a hell of a player and he yeah. doesn't have an ace um but yeah it, it's it's funny because you do get tagged in those things and but you're right i mean it's it's a joke the friends that i know who have holes holes in one for the most part are terrible golfers i mean i know a buddy of mine who can't break 100 made a hole in one at beth page black on the, I mean, you know, 14th hole, not a, a big time hole, but still, you know, it just so it just goes to show you how lucky it is. And by the way, Hogan, the myth is that Hogan was so good, he was hitting too many flag sticks that he aimed away from the hole. So that's why he didn't get holes. I'm a big Hogan yeah. guy, so I like to believe that. I don't know if a lot of yeah. people actually do believe that, but uh, I'm going to start using that line. Yeah, that's your that's your line. That's your line. Um, all right, we got the PJ Championship. We got Kiowa Ocean Course. Uh, Steve, I'll kick it to you first. I, I know this is, uh, you know, a place you like to talk about. I've actually played the ocean course myself and, and actually my golf, uh, trip this year is going there next month. So it's going to be a double major year for Kiowa. They'll be hosting the PGA championship <laughs> and the HGGA championship big year for them. Uh, Steve, tell us what the golfers are in store for are in store, you know, tell us what I'm in store for at the ocean course at Kiowa. Yeah, I really like the David Faraday quote about Kiwi. He compared it to like a golf course on Mars uh, before the 91 Ryder Cup. And uh, it was pretty universally despised before they had the, the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, good story by Dave Shudlowski on golfdigest.com uh, this week. Everyone should go check out. There weren't too many complaints in 2012, though. So, um, you know, that that kind of that opinion changed a bit, I guess, over the years. Um, but it's just over 7,800 yards. So this is going to be the longest course in major history. And you would think 
that would mean that it's going to be a bomber's paradise. But, you know, I'm sure you guys watched the replay also the 2012 PGA last week. And, you know, you look at the leaderboard, you look at who played well there. You know, we had Carl Peterson in the final group, uh, Ian Poulter, Steve Stricker. It was really about hitting fairways. And, you know, obviously Rory McIlroy beat the field by eight in 2012, but that just, that's just how well he was playing. Um, so, you know, I think also that was kind of skewed by how difficult it played Friday. You know, the average score that day was about, was above 78. So, um, you know, I, I think you're going to have to hit fairways at Kiowa. Uh, Pat Mayo pointed out the stat from our guy, PGA splits on Twitter, the likelihood of hitting the green from the fairway, um, you know, is insane uh, compared to being in the rough. The GIR percentage went from 68% to 39% uh, difference between being in the fairway and not. So um, I'm looking at guys who could hit fairways as well as, you know, bombing it out there. But I think scrambling is going to be a huge advantage too. Um, it's a, a really different kind of test than what we normally see at majors. You know, I, I, I liken it to whistling straights, um, you know, where the Ryder Cup will be in September, site of the 2015 PGA, won by Jason Day. You know, that was a long time ago now, so I don't know how much you could really glean from that other than looking at the types of players that played well there. So I think you can make that parallel. The last thing I'll mention is three of the par, three of the four par threes are over 200 yards and six of the 10 par fours are above 450 yards. So, you know, looking at fantasynational.com when I'm building my model, definitely use those holes, those whole ranges. And, and the last thing I factored in was strokes gain total on difficult to hit fairways. And because apparently they really narrowed the landing areas here and difficult conditions. So, you know, I do expect it to play tough if the wind is up, you know, that's, that's always the, you know, the factor of these coastal layouts. So um, that's what I'm looking at. Alan, I'll, I'll let you fill in any blanks, you know, things that come to mind when, uh, you know, when you're looking at projecting results at the ocean course. Or the media shuttle, the famous media shuttle. <laughs> whatever you of remember from 2012. Of course. <laughs> Well, I think you touched on every single statistical aspect of this tournament, Stephen. There's not much meat on the bone, but uh, it, it is when you look at the leaderboard, it's pretty random, right? I mean, for you generally think the hardest courses, the best players are going to are going to rise to the top. And, you know, there's some guys on that leaderboard you never heard from again. Yeah. Uh, and so obviously Rory that was that was a special final round and he really he really put the hammer down. I, you know, long and straight work works anywhere, but it's especially important on this golf course because I, I think you're going to see more non-drivers off the tee because there is, as you said, such an incredible penalty when you miss the fairway. Um, so if if but if, if if an elite driver of the golf ball is having a great week and and they they can really pump it out there like Rory did eight years ago, that, that's a massive advantage. So. Uh, you know, I think, I think you have to see it's, I mean, they often say the winner of, of any given tour event is the best putter among the best ball strikers that mm. week. Um, but I think it might be the best ball striker among the best ball strikers. And you have to do everything well, but um, you know, strokes gains off the tee just looms massively large this week. Uh, but you know, there was, you said, as you said, Friday was, it was a tough day, but also that, that fact, those scores factor in the, the PGA of America pros that right, are in the exactly. field and there, there's there's a, a little 
fluff in those numbers, but yeah. there was not a, a hellaciously bad weather day at the last PGA. And I sincerely hope we get one mm -hmm. because that course is just totally different animal. If the wind's really coming in at 20 miles an hour and I'm, I always root for carnage. I mean, I love those kind of days. So then, you know, then it becomes an absolute grind fest and it flips to short game because those greens are so hard to hit and the, the runoffs and the surrounds are so challenging uh, on a really tough weather day. No one's going to hit many greens and it's just about getting up and down. So the, it, it's the dichotomy, you know, as any course by the ocean, it's, it's, it's often about the weather. So um, you can't really predict that, but um, I, I like what you said. I mean, there's, a lot there's there's some there's enough data from from 2013 to, to make some educated guesses but it, eight years is a long time and uh the weather can be such a crapshoot it, it's a tough one to predict it honestly is yeah no it definitely definitely is uh it was it was even tougher i guess going into 2012 but uh, now it's it's such a different cast of characters obviously um you're right the wind can kick up you know you're that's a great point about the club pros factoring into that scoring yeah. average of over 78 that being said it still is the highest um scoring average of a pga championship in history since it switched to stroke play so it, it was a pretty brutal round the one round there rory even shot a 75 that day he was actually only two under going into the weekend and he shot 11 under over the weekend and just blitzed the field but uh yeah it was and then tiger and vj singh were, were 36 hole co-leaders with carl peterson it's a pretty, uh, pretty amazing thing that uh, Tiger. I think a lot of people forgot that Tiger was rolling in bombs those first couple of days, and then he kind of, kind of cooled off. But um, all right, let's jump into the odds. Um, I'm going to look at DraftKings here just for the heck of it. Um, got it up. Obviously, Rory McIlroy had been really struggling, but that win to break a nearly uh, two-year winless drought has vaulted him up to favorite status. Uh, he is the defending champ at Kiowa in this event. Obviously, from that 2012 win that we keep talking about he's at plus 1150 followed by john rom and justin thomas at plus 1450 then you have jordan spieth plus 1500 uh bryson dechambeau plus 1650 xander shoffley plus 1700 dustin johnson surprisingly just slipping down the board i've seen him still uh, as high as 12 to 1 a co-favorite with mackerel other places but he's down to 1850 here uh and then victor hovland rounds out the guys at the 20 to one or better, he's at plus 2,000, right on the nose, 20 to one. So, uh, CP, I'll start with you, and I know you you never really take favorites here, but uh, it is a major. You do have, uh, as Alan was saying, you do kind of need the, the, to be a big big boy ball striker here. Um, of those guys, and most of those guys are the big boy ball strikers that I just listed, is there someone that uh, has your attention? Uh, yeah, 20 to one, Victor Hovland. I'll get to him in a second. But uh, yeah, like you said, Decent week to bet the favorite, especially all of them in uh, double-digit territory. That's always nice. Uh, Justin Thomas kind of been my guy the whole year. Really disappointing uh, weekend at Augusta. Kind of been pretty quiet since. Coming in with not too much fanfare. I'm not going to call him a, a dark horse. Like, I'm sure somebody on Golf Channel will, uh, by Wednesday, will call Justin Thomas a dark horse pick, and that's going to irk me. But, uh, you know, it just feels like he's kind of coming in under the radar, 14 to one, I believe, on DraftKings. And the putter's been so bad, which is which is why. Um, I think he lost seven strokes putting at Innisbrook, gained 13 T to green, still managed to finish 13th. So 
I've said this the past few weeks or, you know, every time he plays, if he can kind of roll him in and gain strokes putting, I feel like it's kind of over for everybody. That's what we saw at the players. You only gained one and a half strokes putting and, and one by one. He could have won by a lot more if he hold a few more putts on the front nine that day. I don't have a bet in on him yet, but I, I might talk myself into that. And like you said, Dustin, you know, that's just a buy the dip situation, 18 to one. Um, hasn't shown anything since Riviera and whatever happened to his knee on, on the boat uh, party a few weeks ago. God knows what happened there. But, uh, you know, he gave the same route. The back, his back was hurt last year when he shot 80, and then he won like the next five tournaments he played in. So at 18 to one, that's worth a bet to just kind of hope he figures it out uh, randomly this week. But yeah, I'm all in on Hodlin this week. Back to back thirds at two tough courses um seaside factor you're gonna hear about i mean he won the usm at pebble mm-hmm. uh played well at tory so great player on tough golf courses hasn't had a real huge week at a major yet and i'm and i'm betting on uh this week being that week for victor hoblin steve what do you think about him i mean i'll let you jump in on hoblin but we were just talking about how the guys are going to miss greens hoblin even jokes about how bad of a short game he has doesn't that kind of run counterintuitive with, with that logic it's a good point. Um, his short game has improved a lot over the last six sure. months. So, you know, I look at that as, you know, being critical to him playing well here. And, you know, if he hits a ton of greens, you know, that that kind of, uh, you know, isn't as big of a deal. So I'm on board with CP. I'm, I'm definitely betting Hovlin. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough thing for a young guy like him to get you know, another major, um, you know, these young guys like Colin Morikawa did at last year's PGA. But, you know, I think the ball striking is there. Um, you know, he's played so well in these past couple months. And I think the X factor for me is uh, the putting surfaces here at Kiwa are Paspalum. And you look at Victor Hovland's two wins on tour, both on Paspalum putting surfaces, Puerto Rico and the Mayakoba. So, you know, maybe that's just a little random, but uh, I'm on board. I think it's a, a good number for Hovland that strokes gain off the tee number. He's second in the last 36 rounds. Um, just so good. So I'm on board with Hovland. I'm going to uh, counter CP's point with Justin Thomas. He's just really inconsistent with the driver um you know at the players obviously it was on for the last 36 holes but you look at the past 50 rounds he's 84th in good drives gained in this field that's that's pretty bad he's gonna find himself in some trouble i think uh he might be someone i look to play against in matchups um might even consider a miss the cut bet on jt that's that's a little spicy um, but that's kind of where I am with JT and again, the putter, not great. So amongst the favorites, my favorite guys, Hovland and Jordan Spieth for sure. Um, 15 to one, I think is a, a solid number. Um, you know, he's, he's going for that grand slam coming in, playing so well, the ball striking is, you know, as good as anyone he's gaining as many strokes against the field uh, per round in 2021 than anyone else in the world. I mean, you know, Spieth is back and, you know, if he's ball striking like this and, you know, we know he's one of the best scramblers in the world. I think this could be Spieth's week to, to hoist another major. Um, so I like Spieth and I, I think Xander, um, you know, we just have to talk about how well he's played in these majors, um, you know, eight top 10 finishes in his first 15 major starts and that's just incredible otherworldly 
consistent. Um, so, you know, if you're looking at pools and, you know, entering some DraftKings contests, that sort of thing, you know, I, I think you got to take a, a hard look at Xander. So that's where I am with the favorites. How about you, Alan? Who, who do you like up here? I'm still haunted by Xander's front nine at Augusta. I mean, it was, it was there for the taking and he just made some catastrophic yeah. mistakes. Obviously he showed a lot of heart to get back into it, but it's like one of those deals where, okay, I've, I've, I've kicked away the tournament. Now I'll just freewheel it. And okay, now I have a chance to win it. Let me just boot it, you know, on 16. Like uh, the, you kind of like he folded twice in the same round. It was, it was uh. discouraging. I mean, obviously Tita Green and week to week, he's, he's so consistent, but that was, that, that was, that was a hard one for me to get over. Like he's going to, Xander's going to have to earn my trust back. I know that weighs <laughs> on him heavily, but that's just, that's where I am right now with Xander. Um, I love that we're, we're talking about grasses, you know, when, when you get, when yeah. the grass, when the grass strain, uh, strains come out, then things are getting interesting. So, uh, but I did see something that Roy had said is, is back, you know, eight years ago, there weren't many courses that had past pylum and one of the few was bears club. And that's where, mm -hmm. you know, him and Poulter and some of the other guys on the leaderboard were actually, actually practicing. So he felt like it was a huge advantage. Then I think that grass has become a little more common and maybe that that's, that advantage has been eroded, but it, it's worth noting. I mean, there's definitely bent green guys and there's POA guys and all that. So, um, I don't know. I, I hate to be the wet blanket on the entire concept of this podcast, but, uh, betting, betting golf is just so hard. I mean, <laughs> tell us about it. <laughs> I mean, Dustin Johnson, you know, if he, if he wakes up Thursday and he's feeling dangerous, like he could run the table, but yeah. you know, obviously you look at the most recent body of, of, of evidence, he's playing terrible. So, um, but it's, it's, you know, we're talking about a big boy golf course. It's hard to bet against Dustin, despite how bad he's been playing. Um, and so it's, you can, you can talk yourself into or out of almost every player on the board. I mean, the, the JT thing is interesting because you're right. He, he's considered the best iron player in the world. And, uh, but he does seem to hit a lot of foul balls in general for, for a guy as good as he is. Mm. And the, the penalty is so high. It's not Augusta where, where you, you can still save par from off of your bad shots. I mean, it, right. uh, you, you're trying to save bogey on the ocean course if you start hitting foul balls. So I don't know. It, I, I'm not sure I have a favorite. I, I feel like this golf course, especially, uh, and, and all the variables, it's uh, the, the first round at a major is, is often about just not losing the tournament. But I feel like this is a little different. I mean, the guys are going to be going for the pole position. And I think that that first round leaderboard is going to be more critical than, than usual mm -hmm. because it's hard to play your way back if you get off to a bad start there. And um, th this is such a, it, there's a lot of awkward shots out on this golf course and it doesn't suit the eye of a lot of players. And, um, how you attack some of these holes is very idiosyncratic I and mean, there's six or seven different ways you can play them. And uh, some guys have just have a feel for this course and some are never going to get it. And uh, so I think that that's going to be more obvious sooner than, than a lot of golf tournaments. Last, yeah. Last week we were talking about the zoysia grass this week. It's the pespalum. We got, so we got a lot of grass talk coming in here, which is oh, we do. fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Also, I mean, I live in Northern California, so, I mean, we, we can get, yeah, oh, you talk about grass. We, little we, little <laughs> dispensary on every corner, sir. <laughs> Are you looking for sponsors? I think you guys, it's not yeah, that hard. It's yeah, true. Seriously, that's, that's where we should be looking. Talk off air about that. Come on. 
it's, a, it's such a yeah, great segue into the gra- all the grass talk. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I I, I do want to say I'm. I said it when I said the odds and Alan seems to be kind of talking himself into as well. I, I cannot believe that Dustin Johnson is crazy near 20 to one. I just, to me, that's just an, uh, an auto bet. It just screams it. Um, he could turn it on at any moment and just like, like Alan said, run the table here. So I, I'm absolutely loving Dustin Johnson. I'm, I'm shocked to see him at that number. All right, let's get to kind of the next wave of guys. Um, the guys over 20 to one is actually on DraftKings kind of a big jump from 20 to one all the way down to 30 to one. That's where you start with Daniel Berger coming off a nice Sunday uh, in Dallas at the Byron Nelson. Kyle Morikawa also 30 to one, obviously the defending champ, but in much different situations, a crowdless uh, tournament uh, in California versus an East Coast with some crowd and, and the ocean and everything else. Um, Hideki Matsuyama, the reigning Masters champ, plus 3,500. Patrick Reed, you want to talk about short game, plus 3,500. Scotty Scheffler, plus 3,500. Uh, and then at 40 to 1 and 45 to 1, uh, go throw a couple more names out here. Tony Finau, Patrick Cantley, Webb Simpson, Cameron Smith, they're all in that mix. There's another big name we'll get to right after that. But in that next group, um, I started with UCP last time. Steve, you kick it off this time. Uh, in that group there, there's some nice names. Anybody who's got your attention? Yeah, we, we, we've seen at recent majors that the winner uh, tends to come from this this range, this nice juicy 30 to, to 40 to 1 range. So, I mean, five of those guys you mentioned, Myers, really jump out to me. The, and the first is Colin Morikawa. I mean, they're, the lack of respect this guy gets, you know, defending yeah. PGA champion 30 to 1, um, you know, has just kept winning since then, won a concession in a, in a huge field. Um, you know, you're going to need to hit it straight and you're going to need to hit a bunch of greens. That's exactly what Morikawa does. Um, I think it's, it's going to be a tall task around the greens for him, but, um, you know, I expect him to be up there, uh, maybe a top 10 bet for him. I like his chances this week. Someone who I really like is Patrick Reed. Uh, we see at these really long, difficult golf courses. That's, that's where Patrick Reed excels. You know, Torrey Pines comes to mind this year. And if you, if you miss a green, you know, maybe Jordan Spieth out of the best scramblers in the world are, you know, guys who you'd, you know, put your money on, uh, in terms of getting it up and down. Patrick Reed is, is that guy, um, you know, he could just, he, he has every shot in the bag. He could hit it, hit a fade, hit a draw when he needs to. Um, and he's, he's just a winner. So, I, I think that number on him, you know, I, I see him at 35, 40 to one on Reed um, plays these long par fours. Well, like I said, six of them here over 450 yards. So I like Reed a lot. Um, and then to, to these other guys, Scotty Scheffler, he didn't have a great week last week, which was surprising to me at TPC Craig ranch, you know, uh, kind of close to home for him too. Uh, maybe that was a factor. He's a little distracted, but he's been playing great golf. Um, especially as elite off the tee game. So, you know, I'll consider using him in, you know, DraftKings uh, and some pools too. And Tony Finau, uh, you know, it's just difficult not to talk about top 10 Tony when we're at a major, considering how good his his major history is. Uh, obviously lacking that win since Puerto Rico, but, uh, you know, you're getting a 46 to one number on Finau. And, you know, 
that might not have a chance to, to cash because, you know, winning is a tough task for this guy. But, um, you know, in terms of matchups, in terms of DraftKings, uh, I think his off the tee game is elite. Um, and, you know, he should be in, in position here. Um, our guy, Steve Bamford, uh, who has podcasts over in Europe, made a good point that at the last British Open 2019, Tony was in the top three at the, at the end of Sundays in some really difficult conditions. So if it does get windy, you know, he's got that, uh, that weapon in his bag to play well, you know, on these types of golf courses. So that it's going to be tough for me to save some money um, in this range. I, I like a lot of these players. How about you CP? I'm actually <clears throat> going to save my money in this range. Um, you hit more cow and Reed. Those are the only guys I kind of trust here. Other than that, Canley, Finau, Scheffler, a lot of guys we've all uh, earned a few dollars on without without much reward. So um, they're great numbers, like you said, a 45 mm. to 1 on Tony or 45 on Cantley. Um, but I'm just not prepared to uh, trust them because of I've been hurt too many times by all three of them. By the way, what does Colin Morikawa have to do to get any of us? <laughs> uh, it's a great question. Yeah. I mean, but... Myers, you're part of the problem. You're like, oh, well, this this is, is going to have – they're going to have fans. Like, he's going to wilt under the pressure because there's going to be people there. The guy's been playing in front of people for a long time. I mean, come on. Like, oh, his PGA doesn't count because there weren't fans. Like, <laughs> great golf course, great field, and he, he kicked them in the teeth. Like, yeah, um, yeah. So, no, it's yeah, true. It you're part of the problem, Myers. You're part. I, of I guess I am. I guess I guess I subconsciously am. I I am stunned though to see him at thirty and Victor Hovland's at twenty. I mean, to me that just right. makes no sense. I mean, makes just no sense. at least flip those two guys. Um, yeah. So no, I, he. But we've seen that he doesn't get the respect for whatever name. He's not the but you know the buzzy hype type of guy, and um, so he doesn't get the respect. He must not be getting the the backing as well. Alan, what about I mean, you? I, w- I would say if you bet Morikawa every week versus all these other things you talk yourselves into, you'd probably come out ahead. Plus money. Oh, yeah. He's so consistent. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay, I guess we're taking that you like Kyle Morikawa. I like Morikawa. I like, I, I'm intrigued by Cantlay. I mean, I feel like he's okay. got to bust through one of these times. He, he just hits it so flush, which is huge in the wind, as we know. Um, mm-hmm. He's got that um, – I'm trying to think of a, a – a way to say it's not a put down i was gonna say brain dead but that's not really nice i mean he's he's just got that in in unflappable demeanor right and that's tailor made for the these majors and especially on a course that's as stress inducing as as the ocean course so i hear what you're saying i mean if he's i'm I'm sure he's broken a lot of hearts and wallets through the years but he's just he's just too fine of a player not to get one of these someday but you know, he's, he's not like he's coming in on super hot form. I, I don't know. I, that's, he just seems like value that I, at 45 to one. I agree hundred percent. I'm, I, that's another guy I'm kind of stunned by down here at 45 to one. Um, I think at the masters, he was at 20 or even a little better than that. I mean, it was, it, you know, he was one of the hot picks coming into the masters. I know he was in a little better form obviously then, but still that that's kind of stunning to me. All right. Brooks Kepka is at 50 to one here. We'll, we'll talk about him. Um, our boy, Abe Han- answer is uh, plus 5,500. Paul Casey, who another guy who was a hot master's pick plus 5,500. Tyrrell Hatton plus 5,500. Louis Oosthuizen plus 5,500. Wills Alatoris plus 5,500. That's, that's another surprising one to me, to be honest. And then the guy who's the hottest player 
on the planet right now, Sam Burns plus 6,000. So um, some really nice names here. Matthew Fitzpatrick also plus 6,000. Some really nice names in that next level. Um, Alan, what about you with, with any of those guys? I mean, you know, we, obviously we all saw what Will Zalatoris did at the Masters um, and then what he'd done at, at Wingfoot and other tough courses. What about him this week? I, I was just scrolling through Twitter. I saw one. I didn't watch much of um, the Nelson because that course was so boring to me. But I saw one little knockdown, sawed-off iron shot that Zalatoris hit to about two inches on a par three. And it was yes. just such a sneaky, crafty little swing that would come in really handy on this golf course. It, You know, it, he's got a ton of momentum and confidence. Yep. Uh, doesn't have, quite have the experience, but... Uh, I think, I think, I think he's, especially at, at, at 60 to one, I, I think he's a good choice. Um, I mean, Kepka, it's hard to really believe in a guy who can't mark his ball properly. You know? like, <laughs> if you can't, if, if you, if you, if you don't have basic functionality of yeah. one of your legs, I mean, um, I all credit to him for trying, trying to, to grind through it, but you know, he was overmatched at the masters and this golf course is even more demanding. Uh, you know, talking about he can't get to his left side anything longer than a seven. Iron. I mean, yeah, Brooks is out. You, um, and let's face it, I mean, he, he's, he's for in the last two years, he's he's had basically had one good week of golf. It feels like, and mm-hmm. so uh, I'm, I'm definitely I'm not I'm selling on Brooks. I'm not buying for sure. Uh, I mean, there, there's this. I think this this quadrant of of the betting is the most intriguing because there's obviously huge value if, if you hit one and right. and there's a lot of intriguing guys there i I'd, I'd say will z it would be would be my choice but there, there's there's plenty to to pick from cp yeah i, I did the brooks thing already top oh 10 to win <laughs> the number i mean Check, it's please. the same <laughs> it's the same thing as the waste management for me just seeing that 50 to one next to his name is so ridiculous i know that he was in a much different spot than uh and like alan said alan makes a compelling case for uh why not to bet him also you could say he's kind of focused on this lefty charity match a little a little too much yeah. for my liking but uh i don't know i just i get suckered into him every time he balloons over 30 to one so uh kind of my uh burned ticket of the week is Brooks 50 to one. I think he hit the ball. Okay. Off the tee last week, he was horrible approach and putting, which uh, you could chalk it up to rust or you could chalk it up to him still being hurt. So um, yeah, definitely got suckered in burns is interesting. I think the way to bet Sam burns this week is first round leader, just kind of maybe capitalize on this red hot stretch. And then if he fades, he fades and you don't have to uh, kind of worry about that on the weekend. So bet him first round leader, if you're going to, and then, uh, yeah, I'll have a tough time not betting uh, my, our guy, Abraham Answer, who seems to uh, play well in these, you know, strong fields. He told us he likes to play in these uh, bigger events uh, against the best competition, and he usually uh, finishes in the top 10. So I think a top 10, top five bet on Answer this week is, is an, an avenue I'll definitely uh, explore. Yeah, I love that. You know, you think this might be too much golf course for him, but, you know, he nearly won at Quail Hollow, which, you know, is one of the longest courses on tour. Uh, he ranks first in fantasy national stat, good drives gained. So, um, you know, he's just, 
he's so consistent. The ball striking, like Alan said earlier, is going to need to be at a premium this week. And answer just seems like he's entering with great form. So, um, you know, love that top 10 bet. If you could get him in a matchup bet. I also like that. Um, I think Terrell Hatton is interesting. You know, we're still kind of overlooking one of the best players in the world. I know he hasn't played that way recently, but yeah, 55 to one, you know, you're getting an elite talent and, you know, you look at that leaderboard in 2012, there were a lot of Europeans on that leaderboard and, you know, Hatton is obviously one of the best. So, um, you know, ball striking wise, you know, he's going to be consistent. He's going to be up there. Um, 10th strokes gain approach the last 36 rounds and he plays long par threes well too. So, you know, for that reason, he has, he has the perfect temperament for a really challenging, frustrating golf course. <laughs> of course, he never gets frustrated easily, ever. You know, and that could be why he doesn't have a good major record. Um, so that's obviously a factor, but I just think there's value at 55 to 1. Um, and Corey Connors, I, I think you got to consider him in, you know, DraftKings in your pools. Mm. 70 to 1, you know, I think it's interesting, but at, in my model, he's first because – He's, he just does everything well, you know, driving, iron play, even scrambling, he's getting better. You know, putting has improved too. That's always been his, his weakness. So, and again, Corey Connors at 70 to one, whereas Kepka, you know, who has one good leg is 50 to one, you know, give me, give me Connors over Kepka all day. If you, if you want to give me that matchup powers, give me like plus 120 or so, I, I think we could get a little, little bet going. You should be, sounds like Kevka should be the, yeah, the dog exactly. Here. You should be getting it. What do you mean? Connors is uh 71. No, no, he's, he's better. No, I'm, I'm, I agree. But based on how confident you are, I would, you know, I think you would let it ride. I, I'll give you even odds powers. What do you say? <laughs> we'll talk, talk about it off air. All right. Fair <laughs> Uh, I like it. That's like a capitulation right there. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think it should be on air. I think you should hash this out right now. <laughs> I was kind of focusing on, on a live bet I just made. Um, While we're going to hear a lot about, you're going to hear a lot about Hatton and Fitzpatrick yeah. and Wallace, these Englishmen. I, I think I'm a little intrigued by this 75 to one. I am intrigued. I just bet it on Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy. Yeah, that's very intriguing. It's such a big okay. difference. He's 50 to one on William Hill, 75 to one on DraftKings, 14th at the Wells Fargo, uh, gained four strokes around the greens. Steve was talking about kind of going to have to do a lot of scrambling this week. Um, you know, hasn't really popped in, in, a, in a while, but he did finish 10th at Arnold Palmer, another tough golf course. Just kind of this number is kind of intriguing to me. seems like he's kind of uh, quietly coming into this week. Um, he's been in America for a while now, so I'm not worried about the kind of going back and forth factor. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, 75 to one. I'm, I'm, I'm in on that. All right. Um, all right. Let's go a little deeper then with, with some, uh, some deep cuts here. Uh, Steve, I'll, I'll let you, you start off here. Maybe this is where you give your spicy nugget. Uh, although I, you're very high on, on Corey Connors, as we've already heard, but, uh, what about you, Steve? Any any long shots that you're really looking at this week? Yeah, I mean, this range, there's such good value. I mean, I, I look at Sergio Garcia. He's 110 to 1. Mm. Um, you know, one of the better uh, ball strikers, obviously, in the world has been for his whole career. And, you know, has been playing well this year. I think that's insane value. Same with Adam Scott, 110 to 1. Um, you know, I think he finished T11 here in 2012 and you know the ball striking ability you know has not 
left him and, and he's added a ton of distance. He's now, you know, top 10 driving distance on the tour. So uh, I, I think he could play well. Um, I mean, you just scroll down and, and these names, even Stuart Sink, 125 to one, you know, just one in South Carolina. Again, I mean, he's top 25 in driving distance um, and, and has played so consistently. So, you know, I don't necessarily know that he's going to win here, but a top 10 bet, you could get him plus 700 or so. Um, yeah, I think he's he's definitely interesting. I have a ticket on Siwoo Kim um, from January at 150 to one. Uh, I still like him at 125 to one. I mean, you could talk yourself into any of these guys. Like Alan said, it's just so tough to, to predict this, but like Gary Woodland just played well. He's a hundred to one. Um, you know, if it gets windy, you know, he won the U S open at Pebble beach and, you know, could hit those knockdown shots, you know, as well as anyone. And, you know, is playing better golf, uh, Justin Rose, a hundred to one. So I don't know. I mean, you got to limit your, your betting at some point. I, I do. I'll, my last guy I'll mention is, is Neiman at 80 to one, you know, has been one of the best ball strikers, you know, the past six months. And, um, you know, if, if it gets windy, if it gets super difficult, that plays into his hands. Um, so, you know, I think Neiman is really trending up. He, he doesn't get talked about, you know, in the same vein as Morikawa and Hovland as, you know, these young talented guys, but, you know, he's, he's actually younger than some of them. Um, so I, I think he's interesting too. What about you, CP? What do you think? Well, I, I need to clarify something. You said, yeah. um, Stephen, at some point you have to limiting, you have to limit your betting. Yeah. But is that true? I mean, is that, that, that no, goes against I mean, Depends on the spirit it. of this podcast. Why do you have to limit? Just, just keep pulling money out of the ATM, man. It's a major oh, yeah, week too. Everybody. So, it yeah. depends on Stevie's wife and what she's been checking. I mean, checking I gotta get sign on. Yeah, I, I can't relate to that sentiment. Man, come on, there's no limit. As long as we keep winning, then uh, you know everything oh, gets. Yeah, you're, right. you're gonna win. Of course, every gambler knows they're gonna win. Of course. <laughs> I'm actually going backwards, backwards on the odds board. We were talking about long shots. I, I'm, I'm in on Keegan Bradley this week for sure. I think I'm going to bet him first round leader. That was going to be my spicy nug, Keegan okay. first round leader. But the spicy part is that I think he's going to stay in in the tournament. You know, he's seventh on tour in uh, first round scoring, so he gets off to fast starts and tends to fade. But he has not the past few weeks. Second at Valspar, obviously 18th at Wells Fargo. Played well here in 2012. I think he finished fourth. Um, yeah, I go back. I think Alan had him on a podcast a few years ago, kind of during um, some dark times for him. And I just remember listening to it and and walking away. You know, he he kind of thinks he's among the top 10 players in the world in his mind. He doesn't have the consistent um, results, uh, much of that because of his putter. But uh, when he's on, you know, he's one of the best iron players in the world. He drives it well. Um, this seems like a, a good spot for him right now to kind of maybe contend for a second major, which obviously puts you in a, a different uh, class of player in history. So um, I'm going to try and uh, hit on Keegan this week, first round leader, top 10, top five, and to win. I really like uh, Keegan's chances. Yeah, I can't speak for all you guys, but mm -hmm. I'm so mentally fragile that the first hole of any round of golf looms large and how I'm going to play for the next 17. Right. And, Keegan's a tour version of that. You know, if he, if he can, <laughs> if he can get off to a good start and make a few six footers, like he can just go. Right. Yep. It's, it, like I, I would like to see some statistical regression on uh, his, his first two or three holes of a round and, and how it, 
because uh, I feel like it's, it's, it weighs really heavily on him versus anybody mm-hmm. else. But I, I love Stuart Sink in general. Um, and it's been so fun to watch this renaissance. And he, you know, the guy's obviously went to Georgia Tech. He's got a very mathematical brain. He's really em- embraced sort of the decade cost benefit analysis of every shot. Uh, he's playing with house money. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in, in a literal and figurative sense, I mean, he's made so much money the last few years. You know, <laughs> no one ever thought his career was over. Right. And I think, um, I think he will make the correct decision on every shot, which is huge at the ocean course. I mean, we all remember Mark Kalkovecchia basically having a nervous breakdown out there. I mean, this, this course will push you to the breaking point. And I think Sink has a system and he has the discipline that he can, he can remain largely immune to those things and just hit the shots you have to hit. And he's executing, you know, it's one thing to make the right decision. Then you have to execute. He's doing both. And uh, he's very dangerous coming out of this, you know, you know, triple digit odds, I think. So uh, I, I think, I think he's going to contend. Even, I would think that if he was 20 to one, so at a hundred something, like to me, that's, that's a no brainer. Yeah, nice. I'm with you. I mean, he's, you know, he already has his major. So the, the pressure, you know, there's not that pressure to get that, you know, major to his resume. I think it's, it's kind of, you know, green light special for him. This is gravy, you know, to keep up this hot play that he's going and to have his son on the bag while he does it. Um, you know, the vibes are great. So I'm with you. Is Alan, is, is Stuart sink your spicy nugget? Like a big, yeah, let's make it my spicy nugget. Okay. Nice. Just like a, a save me the work of having to come up with another one because a top five, <laughs> a top five. Can we get from you? Top, Stuart sink top 10. Yes, I, I, I mean, sure. I think it's a definite <laughs> possibility. Uh, he's just, and uh, you know, he hits it far too. That's the thing. I mean, he cranks it. He's hitting it farther than he's ever hit it. So I, I, I truly believe there's something to regional comfort and, okay. you know, he, he's a Georgia boy yep. and it's not just the grasses, it's not just the humidity. It's just like feeling like you belong. Mm-hmm. And I feel that on certain courses and I play well in some places. I just, it's right. the, the, the vibe is off. And obviously these guys are hardened pros, but I still think there's, there's, that's an X factor. You know, why do some guys, play well unexpectedly and there's it's metaphysical you know their their games are optimized their bodies are optimized for the most part and uh when when these unexpected things happen i i think there's there's just a comfort it's the way the course fits your eye it's you found your favorite restaurant for the week it's it's just the feeling you have being uh in a, in a certain town or a certain place and so i i really do believe that 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 is a factor on the, on the tour week in and week out. And so I, I like sink in South Carolina for sure. All right, All right Steve, uh, how about some DFS uh, and some final thoughts from you? Well, I didn't give my spicy nugget figured oh, out. Oh yeah. And that too. Yeah. Save it till the end. Um, I'm predicting Jordan Spieth and I mentioned it before, but Jordan Spieth's going to lift another major title, uh, get that career grand slam. Um, you know, he's, like I said, he's been the be- one of the best players in the world. Uh, this year, great ball striking, um, and you know, T coming off of T nine last week, and I think the Masters was huge for him. You know, the game I guess wasn't entirely there. There were still that big number was looming, and you know, we saw that uh, you know on Thursday, and you know, came back to haunt him. Um, but I think j- these last couple months, he's he's really uh, or the last month, I should say, he's 
he's had more time to figure out those those misses and you know i think the the driver and the and the irons are going to be huge and you know he he's kind of doing everything well so that's my spicy nugget jordan speed really back he's more back than than back he's winning another major title so that's the spicy nugget um in terms of dfs you know i think you know and this is a, this is an opportunity to win a million dollars this week on DraftKings. So, you know, big week to keep in mind game theory and, you know, looking at ownership projections, whether you're using fantasynational.com, Fanshare Sports, our, our friends over there is, is probably the best uh, at ownership projections. And, you know, why, why is that important is, you know, looking at who's going to be popular, making pivots in every price range. So, you know, we talked about Dustin Johnson, there's no reason why, you know, he can't win this. And, you know, if he's going to be six, 7% owned, whereas Rory McIlroy is probably going to be above 20% owned, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting, you're just the opportunity cost of going with DJ is huge. And, you know, you're going to give yourself a much better chance to hitting that, that winning lineup with, with someone like DJ in that scenario. So you kind of have to do that, um, way, you know, some popular plays you'll have to go with, um, you know, if you, you know, if you really like Hovland and he's going to be 20% on, it's okay to go with him as long as you make some pivots elsewhere. So I think some, some lower um, price guys that are interesting. And again, everyone should go read Rick Gaiman's uh, weekly DFS article at golfdigest.com, but uh, Ryan Palmer, he likes at 6,900 on DraftKings. So that's, you know, a pretty good discount. Uh, you know, he's just been one of consistently one of the best ball strikers you know, the past six months or so. So, you know, all you really need from Palmer uh, is, a, is a made cut at that price. And, you know, he has good upside to finish in the top 25. So I think that makes a, a lot of sense. Um, Paul Casey, we, we didn't mention him. He's at 7,700 on DraftKings, uh, you know, consistent ball striker. That's what you want at Kiowa. And, you know, that's what Paul Casey's done. Um, you know, he's got five, top 15 finishes along with that win on the European tour this year. So a lot of upside with Casey uh, and same thing with Charlie Hoffman at 7,300 is, has been so consistent all year. So you find him at 7,300 on DraftKings and all of a sudden, you know, that opens up some uh, more higher price guys. Uh, so, you know, I think that's key this week is finding, finding kind of your locks, in those price ranges. And then that'll kind of open up, um, the rest of the, the, uh, higher end of the, the lineups for you. So that's where I'm at. CP, any uh, final thoughts? Yeah. You can bet a buck on Omar Uresti to win $2,000. So All right. might, might be a fun little bet. As you can see, Alan, this is a really sharp podcast. We're throwing out really Omar sharp. Uresti. Hey, my win. final thoughts. The winners win. I mean, Omar Arrest has won more lately <laughs> than most of these guys in the field. Damn right. That's right. true. That's I true. Mean, He's a juggernaut. Uh, <laughs> that would, right. Can you imagine uh, golf? Can you yeah. imagine golf Twitter if Omar Arrest? Oh, my that's, goodness. That, that's all I'm saying. That'll be a lot of fun if you bet on that, watching <laughs> that everyone, mean? watching the fire explode. Yeah. Spieth versus Arresti <laughs> coming down the stretch. It would just be epic. Uh, uh, alan any final thoughts for you from you before you uh make your journey across the country um 
soft shell crab is gross. Um, oh no, disagree. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I am actually in awe of the amount of information you guys have, um, because I'm not really a gambler. This, this is a, this is a curiosity for me to see yeah. what um, the lunatic fringe of <laughs> Twitter slash golf world is is focusing on. Um, but it's enlightening. I, I feel like I, I've been educated here. Uh, hopefully your your listeners and viewers will agree, but maybe they follow this stuff more closely than you do because it's it's amazing. Golf Twitter is crazy. Yeah. And I don't even think the golf Twitter people realize how crazy the gambling golf Twitter people are. They're yeah, like a, a different stuff. level of nut yeah, job. Very weird. Different different level. So cool. <laughs> I mean, I really I'm you know, I'm I'm not a gambler at heart. I, and I hate betting on golf because I already think too much about golf. The last thing I want to do is have to think more about golf. But clearly you guys do. And I'm impressed. So my, my, my final thought is you need some new hobbies, <laughs> maybe tennis, I don't know. <laughs> diversify. I'm, worried, I'm worried about all of you. That is my final thought. I'm legitimate <laughs> concern for your well-being. But uh, appreciate it. Was, it. Was yeah, <laughs> thanks for good, having me. Very good. Well, it was fun having you on, Alan. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you didn't get hooked and you're not going to be uh, going crazy with all the bets. Uh, hopefully the media shuttle goes a little more smoothly this time as well. Have fun down there covering everything yeah, yeah. And, the, uh, yeah. well you guys saw um the brennan porath of course of that week yeah i will say that there's a couple things i remember from from that week the shuttle looms largest but and one guy we didn't talk too much about is roy mcelroy who's just sort of the defending champ in some ways mm -hmm. but i remember Padraig harrington um talking to him on sunday as rory was was zooming off to victory and he said, you know, forget Tiger Woods. I know he has a big head start, but, you know, Rory's the guy who Jack Nicholas should be worried about. Like, he's got youth and he's got firepower. He's got the confidence. Like, I, I think Rory could get to 18. Uh -huh. And it's pretty unbelievable to think how, how that's changed. I, this is a huge week. This was actually going to be, you know, again, I didn't do enough research. I thought my spicy nug was going to be some something that, about the larger golf world. I don't have to pull some, like, crazy ass ass palin players yeah exactly <laughs> to me this is a defining tournament for rory you know because this will be yeah. a measuring stick on on either how far he's he's fallen or this this climb back to like this triumphant second act of his career and yeah. um I, i'm most interested in him this week despite what the odds makers say and i i think this is this is a crucial week for him so that you know as a as a someone who deals in words and not numbers like you guys i, I think that's that's the heart of this tournament is how Rory's going to do. And in some ways it sets up another sort of Royal port rush moment. Like, is he going to go out and shoot a hundred on, right. on Thursday? It could absolutely happen. But uh, I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm taking away from, you know, this, this preamble is, is uh, it, to me, Rory's the guy this week to, to follow for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Great. Nine years since that win, seven years since any major pretty wild to think Rory McIlroy would have a drought like that. Uh, by the way, DJ, I don't know if that counts as a spicy nug because he's number one in the world, but he's going to win. And I like uh, Jason Kokrak top five. We didn't really talk about mm -hmm. it. There we go. There we go. Final couple quick. All there. in on Kokrak. There we go. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, again, thanks to Alan for joining us. We wish him well down at Kiwa. Thanks to our producer this week, Greg Gottfried. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe if you haven't done so already and check back next week when we're all doing victory dances uh, after a nice week down at the ocean course. See you next time.